And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you so much, dear listeners, for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. Just want to remind you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. And today we have with us, I'm, I'm extremely excited about today's show. I know I get excited about our shows, but I'm particularly excited about this one because we're talking to Monique Russell. And Monique Russell is founder and executive communications coach with Clear Communication Solutions. And so we're talking to an expert in communication and emotional intelligence and entrepreneurship and all of these things that are so very crucial and necessary for us as we build our businesses. And so Monique, thank you so much for being here with us today. I can't, I can't tell you how thrilled I am to have you sitting with us today. Oh, Lauren, I am thrilled just like you. Looking forward to a wonderful conversation. I love it when people are just just as excited as I am. So so let us let's dive right into it. Now, first question I have for you is that getting to know you question. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, about Clear Communication Solutions, and and tell us you know kind of how you got here. Okay, so I am originally from the beautiful islands of the Bahamas, and also Nigeria. It's important for me to give props to where I'm coming from and pretty much how I got here. Well, let's say here is, here is, is where I am today, which is a trainer, executive coach, speaker, a presenter, a mother, a wife, and pretty much all in the area of communications, interpersonal and intrapersonal. And so my company teaches individuals and teams, I like to say how to turn likes into loves in their business and their life. But it all started when I was three years old. So I was three years old. It was my first stint at being a teacher with my dolls, my, my stuffed animals. I will never forget. I love that. <laughs> Vanessa and Wooly, they were always coming late to class and I had to take them outside and put them in timeout. But seriously, um, the teaching gift, it was instilled in me very early on. My mom has been a teacher all her life. And I think that was part of it. At the age of eight, I started speaking for real now um, for the first time where I had my first audience of over 100. I was speaking in church and I was sharing information on an event that we were having. And fast forward all through my elementary school years, high school years, going off to college, I left the Bahamas to go to the cold Minnesota and it was my dream to be an international broadcast journalist, delivering stories, uncovering the hidden agendas, and really transforming lives through the power of journalism. Well, I will tell you, I got my education, I got my degrees, all three of them, undergrad and grad, 
in the science of communications. But when I started to get out there right away, I thought, like many of us, that I was just going to follow this one track trajectory, get my education and get a job and all will be well and dandy. But it did not happen that way. I applied for Oh my gosh, I think over a hundred jobs. And I don't know if you know anything about the journalism field, Lauren, but let me tell you, getting a job, starting off in journalism is no easy feat. They were looking to try to pay me, I think maybe twelve or fifteen thousand dollars a year. Oh wow. After I had all those student loans, I'm telling you, you may see the the news anchors and the journalists um on TV, but they really don't make a lot of money unless you're in a big market or you have some sort of notoriety or fame, which I didn't have at the time. So I had to get to work paying those bills. I also had my first child and I started in executive support. I started in executive support, didn't wanna be there. I said, that's not what I went to school for. But little did you know, after some time, and it wasn't while I was there, but after some time, I realized that that was my hands-on practical training because executives would come to me. I had the communication skills. I had the bubbly personality. I had the insight and the know-how always wanting to uncover the hidden stories. And they would come to me and they would ask me questions about how to solve complex problems with employee engagement, with um, answering difficult questions, how to inspire their team. And I actually got awarded. I have the plaques. I got awarded for a lot of my support and work within the communications area, even though I wasn't specifically in a titled role. But after some time, I kind of got tired of that. And I was like, hmm, I kind of want to do a little bit more in my field. I was still achieving. I was still, you know, doing some freelancing work on the side, but I wasn't really feeling fulfilled. And it wasn't until after I had my second son in 2006 that the whole idea around the communications business was born. And it, it, it started off as island communications. So this business has gone through some, <laughs> yeah, some, some name iterations, island communications, because I wanted to always infuse my culture and my um, heritage in what I did. And it was really focused on the workshops and things like that, but it didn't take off until I relocated to Atlanta in 2008, got connected with a women's organization called Watts, Watts, Women Aspiring Together to Succeed. And from there, I had a new way to form goals. I, I always had my way of setting goals, but I had this new way, which was a vision board. And from that vision board, things kind of took off. So I started doing a lot more freelancing I partnered with a, a gentleman to do a subcontract for a government, major government organization. And from there, things just kind of spiraled and, and continued and took off. I had a lot of lessons along the way about what I should have done, what I should have not done, because in the beginning, anything that sounded like communications is what I wanted to do. Marketing, advertising, PR, editing. But through that all, now at a place where I am today, I'm glad that I can look back and say, you know what? I tried those things. Some of those things didn't really work for me because now where I am, I'm very clear. I'm crystal clear in what I'm doing and why I'm doing it because it's my mission to help individuals and their teams to really communicate strongly from the inside out. That's when we're going to really see transformation and sustainable impact in our lives and in our business. 
That is absolutely incredible, Monique. And I, I, as I'm listening to your story, I'm just, I'm kind of dumbfounded. Like your, your story is filled with a lot of change, you know, resetting expectations, figuring out exactly what it is you want to do and in actualizing that, um, you know, I can't imagine what it would have been like the amount of culture shock you might have experienced going from the Bahamas to Minnesota. Um, that had to have been a pretty significant change. So your whole, your whole career has been based on adaptability it sounds like, and, and being able to see through what you're doing to find where you can provide value, where your strengths lie. You know, you loved teaching as a child and you're doing that today. You know, you studied journalism and that became expertise in communication. So, so really, really impressive. And I think one of the first things that I want to want to ask you, because I one of the things that I love most about entrepreneurs is how adaptable they are, because you have to be, um, you know, when you when you are just starting out to all the way through your career, when you are solely responsible for a business or an organization or an initiative, you have to kind of roll with the punches. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Clearly, you have a capacity for, for change and for adaptability and being able to see past what's put in front of you and how to bring that into fruition, bring what you want to fruition. So, so talk to us a little bit about that. Where do you think that that capacity came from? Mm, I like how you say that, Lauren, because change is my middle name. Okay. You could call me Monique Change Russell. Okay. Well, I'm going to do that now. Like that's my name from here on out. <laughs> um, but seriously, I think it came from my whole upbringing and my childhood. Um, so the whole idea of adapting, we came from very, very humble beginnings. My mother was a teacher all throughout her life, and her goal was really to just pass on the love of learning. Uh, with that said, we didn't have a lot of material uh, wealth and gain. And I remember many times where I needed to have certain issues or things addressed like shoes. And we were wondering, okay, where am I going to get the new shoes from? My shoes are getting old and I need to get new shoes. And I think I pull, pulled a lot of the whole adaptability and resiliency through just growing up. I left the island by myself most of the students that were leaving were accompanied with their parents. But at that time, I left. I was 18 years old. I left. I was on my own. And within the first week, I secured my first job on campus as a multicultural student consultant. I got the keys to the campus car. I had a beeper. <laughs> and so oh, I yeah. thought I was, I, th I was like, I have a beeper. I have to put it on the outside of my uh, pants so everyone can see that I have a beeper. You I'm, have a I'm beeper. the thing. You are official. <laughs> like that, you have arrived and you are officially official when you have Listen. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I think that it's just the natural curiosity that I had because I was really interested in learning and, you know, the love of learning was instilled in me um, through my mom. I got to watch her you know, immerse herself in learning, in books, in tapes, in different radio programs. And so I think a lot of what we capture is ob through observation. You know, more is definitely caught than taught. So we can say one thing, 
and tell tell our kids how to how to live but the impact happens the most through observation and the same is true even in business and in leadership yeah i definitely i i firmly believe that and i have to tell you how much i love the the saying like i feel like i'm going to challenge myself to use this at some point but more is caught than taught um that's a a very lovely way and succinct way to, to put that. So, so one of the things that I noticed in kind of doing a little bit of research on you and looking over, um, you know, the, the information that you sent over, one of the things that, that shines through and you, you referenced it here is being a mother. And so when you're talking about these values that were instilled in you as a child that allowed you to be adaptable and to, you know, kind of forge your own path, um, one of the questions that I want to ask you, because I feel like we probably have a lot of parents in our listening audience, is how are you in turn instilling those values in your children? Mm. You know, I had a conversation not too long ago um, with a with a leader who was leading this workshop on understanding the teen brain. And we were all, my entire family, we were all within the class learning about you know, how to understand the teen brain, because I have two teenagers and I need to know, hey, what's going on in here? Uh, but I will say what I what I am doing in terms of instilling those values within them is really being intentional about how I approach situations. And I do believe that more is caught than taught and that they're watching me through observation. So I take intentional steps to learn more about myself, to really understand my, my triggers, what lights me up, what motivates me, what, what causes me to feel upset or angry. And I, I do my very best to model the way I want to be treated, not because they are my children. Does it mean that I have the right to be a dictator and do as I say, not as I do? But I always say, if you want to really impact your child and if you really love your child, be parent enough to get help, be parent enough to be intentional, be parent enough to really learn best practices. A lot of people will say there's no right or wrong way to parent, and that's true, but there's definitely a right and wrong way for effective communication. And I feel parenting is all about that. So if you don't have an understanding of yourself, and you don't really know how you're coming across to your kids, you have to take the same mindset that your family is a business. And if you treat your family like a business and your business like a family, you will increase the chance that your connection will be much deeper than just a like. You'll really start to affect love, true love. So you just, that, that was lovely. And I would wish for every parent entrepreneur out there that they are able to, to live with their children, what you just expressed. So, so thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, you, you did hit on something, you know, I'm taking my notes furiously over here. And one of the things that you said earlier on in your conversation is you talked about turning likes into loves. And I, I want to delve a little bit more deeply into that. Um, talk to us about, about what that means to you. Yeah. So, and I know when, when, when people hear this, they may think, oh, we're talking about social media, likes and loves. <laughs> um, but I'm going to use that as an example or put it sort of into context. 
Because when somebody is going through social media, if we look at that example, and you're just kind of scrolling, you hit your like, you know, you just go, you're really not thinking anything um, more significant than, oh, that's a good piece of content. Let's, let's move on. But actually, it takes an additional two seconds to hit that button down and, and look for the love button. And that is small, but it's very significant because it communicates something different online. Now, but I'm not really talking about online. I'm just using that as, a, that as an example to go into the context that I'm going to talk about right now. But in general, when we're talking about like and love, like is sort of very surface level. Love, I'm not talking about your romantic relationships right now. I'm talking about the behaviors that are loving behaviors of, of mutual respect, of trust. You know, when somebody loves your business or when somebody loves your brand because of the way you show up and how you are authentic and how you stand for something instead of being vanilla, you actually stand for something. When someone loves your brand, they will help you make money and grow your business. They will give you warm introductions. They will give you referrals. They will invite you to participate in collaborative events and partnerships. These are behaviors, loving behaviors in business, in your personal relationships. When you're moving from just like, just because we live together, it doesn't mean we actually love each other. We can live together and we can just get along and be be here and be just, you know, moving through day to day like a hamster wheel. But when we're actually intentional about loving each other, those behaviors show up. They show up in how we make plans to listen to what someone else is saying. They show up in how we try to put ourselves in the other person's shoes. And we make sure that we go inside ourselves to understand, okay, am I being unrealistic here? Is this something where I need to go and say, I'm sorry and ask for forgiveness? Or do I always need to be right? So when we see the whole action of moving from like, we're talking about getting away from surface level, even in your personal relationships, getting away from surface level in your business relationships, getting away from surface level in your relationships with your children, especially. I have worked with many clients who are in their 50s and 60s, some of them who have had really difficult relationships with their parents and my my younger clients as well. So age is not um, a symbol of, of maturity. We think that just because we get older, then okay, we don't really have to worry about our relationship with our parents or our relationship with our kids. But I'm here to tell you, I have the privilege privilege of holding the space and coaching leaders through very difficult emotions, through processing how they feel about certain situations and getting the courage and confidence to have a difficult conversation that they know they need to have, but because of some reason or another or failure to set boundaries, that conversation isn't happening. So that's what I'm talking about when I say moving from like to love. We're not just having surface level weather, water cooler type relationships or conversations. We're not just having a, a puddle relationship with our children when we can actually have a well. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. Like as you're talking, I'm just kind of buzzing with recognition 
Uh, and so, so thank you for sharing that. Now, now, not everyone can go out and hire Monique Russell and bring your very um, intentional way of communicating to their table. And that's, that's a very sad thing, by the way. Highly recommend, you know, definitely want listeners to follow up with you and, and work with you if they can. But not everybody can do that. So, so let's talk about tactically, you know, you mentioned, you referenced a couple, you know, like be authentic and, and have a dialogue and make sure that you're not establishing a do as I say, not as I do, be an example. But what are some very tactical things that listeners could do tomorrow, introduce into their own lives in order to craft the kind of relationships, the deep, meaningful relationships that you're talking about? Mm, okay. So two very practical things that anybody listening can do is, first of all, make it your point to understand your communication style. That is definitely a starting point. There are a lot of assessments that bring you information into understanding your dominant way of communication. It's certainly not the end all be all. I tell people all the time, those things don't measure your values. They don't measure your motivation. They don't measure a whole lot of other things, but they can certainly point you in the right direction. I use the assessment disc in my practice. I also use Fascinate. It's a branding tool. And are, you, are you an I in the disc? No, I am a DI. What? Yes, you better what? believe it, honey. You better believe it, Lauren. <laughs> we ain't got no time for it. And that's why I think that the whole visionary aspect comes out because I am able to see the big picture very quickly when I'm working with someone. Yeah, you get right down to it. I love it. Okay. Sorry, just curious. Continue. No, you're good. So definitely learn about your, what are you, what are you though? What are you? You sound uh, like, so you I'm, know. I'm, a little, I'm interesting in that I'm a high I, but I am, I almost match in my S and C and I have very little D. Ooh. So I'm a great talker, but I'm a very fluffy talker. No, <laughs> we need, I, you, know, I, we I, need I, you. Hello. We need you to balance us out. Okay. Yeah. Well, but the good thing, like to your point, I think the good thing about having that knowledge about myself is it allows me to recognize when I am talking to those high D's, I actually need to change my communication style because when my message is is lost in all these fluffy words, that kind of communication doesn't serve. You know, if somebody is not picking up my messaging because of the way I'm communicating it, then I need to be able to be adaptable and and adjust accordingly. So so yeah, to your point, like knowing that puts you in a position of strength right from the get go. So mm. you can you can adapt. You see, there you go. We're going to call you Lauren Adaptable Conway. Okay. <laughs> so it. your middle name has changed today, officially. <laughs> I'm going to get one of those Jersey style t-shirts, something like that. It's going to go right across the back. <laughs> oh my God. But seriously, you hit it right on the head. That is the power of awareness. Once you have that information, you are armed, you're moving yourself to the front of the line. Because now you have a soft skill, which, by the way, I just want to say the World Economic Forum always puts out their 10 top 10 skills that are needed to thrive and survive. And you will know that more than half of them are in soft skills and we need it more than ever right now. So 
it makes sense for everyone to really think about how they can upskill and position themselves to be more effective, more empathetic, more aware of their style, and really better at stress management. Because right now, stress is at an all-time high. So you're right. Arming yourself with that information, it will put you ahead. It will help you to get business. It would help you have lasting relationships. And you, and you sleep better. You sleep better at night. Yeah, I can see that. Well, so, so you said that there were two, and that was one. Yes. The other one is get feedback. We are not able to see the picture from inside the frame. I love this message by Les Brown, one of my mentors. And we can't see the picture inside the frame. And even think about when you're taking a picture with your smartphone. You take that picture and you're going to turn right around and look to see how it looks because you cannot see it while you're taking it. So the whole idea of getting feedback is really asking for honest feedback from those you trust. People find it very difficult to give critical or constructive feedback, and they're not going to volunteer it. So if you want to get feedback, you have to be intentional. You have to be very specific about the questions. How am I coming across? Um, in this last situation or last conversation, was there anything that I could do to make my communication, my presentation, my interaction better? And when you ask the question, just close your mouth. Don't do not defend. Do not defend because the moment you start to defend, you will never get honest feedback again. It really is a gift. These are things that you can do right now, today. That's that that is awesome, and I, I love both of those pieces of advice. <laughs> um, so so thank you for sharing that. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to to touch on with you, um, I feel like you're you're so enthusiastic and passionate about helping people clear their communication styles and and make sure that they understand how to best communicate their message so that really they can present their best selves. And so, so the question that I have for you, I feel like you're a little bit of an evangelist about having a digital presence and having a, a strong, strong communication channels available to you. Because if you're not communicating outwardly, then, you know, your message, it's not going anywhere, right? So, so talk to us a little bit about that, the, the importance of crafting these channels and these mechanisms by which people share their messages. Sure. So today, right now, if we, if we were to roll time back two years ago, perhaps the, the need for having a digital presence and being digitally relevant wouldn't be as strong. But because we're now in situations where most of our communications is being done digital and, and online, it's even more important. If we're not able to meet in person, we have to now think about how are we going to get our business in front of the people that need it. And when they do Google us, when they do look at our profile and see what we do online, is our message clear? A lot of times we think that the message about what we do is clear. Do, you, do people really know what you do? And if you don't tell them or if you don't share it, no one's really going to know. You're not gonna stay uh, top of mind. So my whole I guess you said evangelism around um, having a digital presence is really if you are a professional, not just a business owner, but if you are a professional in, an, in a corporate organization, you want to start to build your brand with intention. 
There's that word again, because your brand is being built, whether you like it or not. It's either that you are in control of it or it's in control of you. If I'm trying to do business with you and you have no presence, that's that's part of your brand. If I'm looking at a picture on your LinkedIn profile that's from 30 years ago, that's part of your brand. That's that's sending a communications message to me. And we want to make sure that if we're business owners or we're corporate professionals, we're putting our best foot forward. The, the other thing is that it, it helps with sales. So before we'd have to kind of go door to door, knocking, doing flyering, although I'll say flyering does work. It still works. And mailing probably is definitely back up on the rise. But when you have a digital presence, anytime I'm going to look for anything, either, even if it's just a restaurant, I'm going to drop it in Google. I'm going to look for reviews. So it's going to help me make a decision way before I have my first encounter with you. So this is the, is the importance of having a presence online, but not, like I said, not just any presence, it has to be relevant. We are definitely moving at the speed of light right now. Trends are changing. And the other thing is being in, in line or aware of trends. I mentioned the World Economic Forum. That's one of the platforms that I follow their, their white papers and their information. And there are a lot of other uh, flat platforms and forums that you should look at and also within your specific industry. Because if you're just waiting for things to happen and then trying to adapt on the, on the last end or you know after it's already happened, you're putting yourself in a position, you're, you're giving yourself a free disadvantage right from the start. So keeping in, in line with what's going on, where are trends happening? We notice now that I think there was a, a shelter, a shelter in Chicago for the first time this year, they ran out of pets. They ran out of pets that needed sheltering. Why is that happening? Because a lot of people are at home. Pets are really helpful and useful for mental well-being and mental wellness. We're also seeing trends in terms of the retail stores that are being closed, but they're also being transformed into other, other types of businesses. What are we seeing? An increase in, in artificial intelligence and the use of um, home deliveries. How is that even relevant? Now parents are, are having to deal with their children at home. So when we keep our trends at the forefront of our mind, it can help us to pivot our business faster but it can also help us to create relevant content that connects to the interests of what our customers are facing at the time. So that's pretty much why you need to have a digital presence and why your presence needs to be relevant. Yeah, no, that, that makes, makes total sense. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to kick us back just a little bit on the conversational front. Cause the first thing that you said was that you need to have a digital presence, but that also it, it needs to be very intentional. And it, when you were talking about the LinkedIn profile picture, I was kind of laughing in my head because I, I think of all those people who just have like the profile picture, like taken in the car or the selfie taken in the bathroom. And it's like, Oh, don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> or no picture uh, at all. Or no picture at all. Um, and so, so what I want to ask you right now is how do you set your own intentionality? You mentioned vision boarding a little earlier, but what, what do you do Monique Russell in order to set your intention and build on that as the foundation of how you 
craft your messages and craft your, your brand. Okay. So this is the intention for my business. You're not talking about for life. So my intention for my business, what I do is I go through an imagination exercise. I think about myself five years, 10 years, imagine yourself five years, 10 years from now, imagine the things that you love doing, the people that you actually love to serve, the clients that you can't wait to get up in the morning and you're just dancing because you're having this great feeling of excitement. And I think about those people and I try to put myself in their situation, in their shoes. When I'm thinking about my brand, I say to myself, Monique, (laughs) it's 10 years in the future. What are you doing with your gifts? What are you doing with your skills? And I imagine myself. I imagine what I'm talking about. I imagine the topics that I'm sharing and the places that I'm sharing them in. If I want to do more speaking engagements or teaching in South Africa, for example, which is one of the places that I do want, I now have this information within myself to say, okay, this is going to influence my strategy on LinkedIn. I'm going to reach out to individuals that fall into this category. I'm going to identify the titles that they call themselves. If it's managing director in South Africa, in a tech industry or a financial industry, it really now gives me a strong focus in terms of who I do outreach towards. And then when I'm doing my research on their needs and their pain points, the type of content that I will provide in order to connect with my audience. I'm not gonna have a spray and pray approach and just start throwing things everywhere and throwing things on all platforms, for example. Like I don't have a Twitter, I've never had a Twitter. Everyone keeps telling me I need to be on Twitter and I probably should be on Twitter but I haven't been on it and I'm, I've been okay so far. Um, but it comes with my intention. My clients, my last 10 clients came from LinkedIn. I know that's where they hang out. I know that's where they are. And I know how to connect with them and I know how to provide content that reaches them. And so for someone else, you wanna think about not just, like I said, not just what you wanna do um, and who you wanna serve or how you wanna serve them, but looking at their needs. They, those two things have to align. They have to match. Sometimes people will just go and look at what is the need in the market? What is the need? Let's just drive home content there. And then after a while, you become so frustrated and burnt out and you feel bored because it doesn't align with who you are and what you want to do. Or you feel like the content isn't authentic or it's not real because you're just trying to meet this one-way uh, transactional goal. So I, I take... Myself, I take the approach of looking at the thing that I want to do, tapping in line with my gift and my purpose, and I sort of marry the two. Where where do those uh, intersect? My gift, my purpose, my interests, my desires, and then the needs of my audience. And that is what drives my strategy and how I approach what I do when I'm in the digital world. Well, that is... There was so much useful information packed into that that one answer, and I, I love how you are able to to use your term marry, 
you know, what I feel must be kind of just an intrinsic knowledge of who you are and what you're all about as a person, but then bring that into your business so that, um, you know, you're, you're always fully integrated, I imagine, or at least that's what it sounds like. And that's the, the vibe that I'm getting from you. And I just, I love that. Um, so, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to, to brag on yourself a little bit right now. And I'm going to ask you to tell us about, and you don't have to go into like names or, or anything like that, but tell us about a win that you had with a client, like how using the Monique Russell methods and experiencing coaching from Monique Russell, how did one of your clients, how were they able to achieve what they wanted to manifest and see in the world? Mm. <laughs> Let me tell you why I love this question, because this is so timely. I had a client call me yesterday. And in fact, uh, we recorded our conversation and she gave me permission to share that. So I'm actually going to share that out later in a video form. But this particular client, high profile financial um, executive, came to me because she wanted to work in public speaking. She wanted to be a better public speaker. She wanted to improve, you know, her, her presence and build influence and be seen and as a thought leader and, and in a strong way. And she came for public speaking. A lot of my clients do come for public speaking, but as we began to work through the whole public speaking process, she was very overwhelmed and very busy with work. And she wasn't able to come to our sessions prepared. And I noticed that she was struggling in areas of awareness and setting boundaries and emotional intelligence. And I'll tell you that at the time, I said, hmm, we're not really gonna get through to the public speaking goal. So I, I asked her for permission to shift our focus to coaching to what I saw that she needed right in that moment. And she agreed, she trusted me to do so. This was over a year ago. We worked for about half a year and then we, we ended our um, contractual relationship, but we've, we've stayed in touch and she's, she's been a repeat client in other programs of mine. And she called me yesterday and she said, I, I just want to tell you, Monique, that I have made one of the biggest decisions of my life. And I was like, what? And she was like, I'm no longer with this original company. I've stepped out more strongly to grow my business and I feel liberated. I feel like I will never go back to the person that I was before. She said, I didn't know at the time that I needed to find my voice. I didn't know how important it was for me to find my voice. And she teared up as she was saying, she remembered that one session. Let me tell you some of the behaviors that happen. You can show up not prepared or you may wanna cancel at the last minute, or you may have struggles just setting boundaries. You may set appointments for yourself and you need to cancel, you need to change, or something always comes up and you're always ending up putting other people's needs first before your own. She'd already invested heavily with me, but she still wasn't able to, to show up in the way that she wanted. But what she had was enough inside of herself to know that she wanted to take that step. But there was something in her that said, I need to work with Monique. And she did. And fortunately for her, luckily for her, she chose someone with the expertise who was not rigid 
and saying, we're going to work on public speaking and that's it. That's all you invested in and that's it. But she had someone like me who acknowledged and recognized very quickly that she needed to work on that inner self-awareness. And that's what we did. So at times when I saw that she wasn't ready or prepared for a public speaking session, we'd focus on setting boundaries. We'd, we'd, We'd focus on that inner work. And she had shared with me that never before in her life would she have had the courage to make that decision. And I could hear it in her voice. She showed up for that call. She was very calm. And she spoke with so much conviction. And now today, she's living a new transformed life. I mean, you cannot really put a price on that. You can't. Absolutely not. And it it must be a very powerful, wonderful feeling to know that you were able to to be a catalyst in in that transformation. Like you can't you can't transform someone's life without their consent and their buy-in. But I feel like you are a a shepherd or a steward of transitions like like this. This probably happens to you all the time in your work. I will tell you though, Lauren, there are a lot of results that I get my clients. One of my clients, she started her business last year and she worked with me for three months. And now you should see the practice. It's thriving. She's being invited to speak all over the place. Forbes featured, Forbes recognized. I can really call out hundreds of tactical things. You know, my clients have gotten promotions. They've doubled their salaries. I mean, I I can call out a lot of these hard-hitting tactical things, but what I find is most difficult for people to do is to be that guide for someone to be able to transform their life completely from the inside out. It's definitely not an easy process. You have to have the skill, the understanding, and the know-how, and truthfully, I do. You know, I've been in this work for more than 20 years, and I've lived it. And I've had the experiences, I've taught the practices, and I'm a lifelong learner. So certainly, I will say that very few people are able to take a public speaking approach and wrap it with the power of emotional intelligence the way that I do. Well, and how, how powerful that you're able to recognize and nurture those gifts inside yourself. I, I absolutely love that. So, so we're, we're coming up on the end of our time and I have a, I have a fun question for you. I think it's fun. I I'm excited to hear the answer anyway. Uh, so here it comes. I'm going to ask, I'm not asking Monique Russell, the, the business leader. I'm asking Monique Russell, the engaging, wonderful woman that I've been talking to this afternoon. And my question is, what's your perfect day? What does that, what would you do? Who would you be with? What, what does that look like to you? Hmm. And, and, and Monique, the business leader is engaging too, Lauren. I definitely know that. I definitely, I I, I am fully aware, but I'm talking to Monique outside of business. Okay, cool. Um, so my, my perfect day, my ideal day, I get up and I spend time in meditation. I might walk outside barefoot in my grass. I listen to my affirmations. I journal. I read something that is very 
engaging and enthralling to me. And then I spend time with my husband. We catch up on whatever is going on within our lives, within our day before we start our day. And then throughout the day, I would be working in my ideal day for no more than three hours. I'll tell you, I've done that before, but it ain't happening right now. So <laughs> I'll just tell you, but I, I, ideally three hours is, is the, that's the stop right there, three hours. And in those three hours, I could be doing anything. I can be teaching, training or coaching um, or whatever have you in those, in those areas. Um, yeah, so definitely my ideal day includes those things. And I would also say probably like some salsa dancing or some sort of energetic exercise in the evening. Oh, that sounds be. like so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. All right. Well, well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And, and Monique, thank you so much for being here with us today. This, this time has flown by for me. Um, and I'm sure it has for our listeners as well. Just listening to, to your thoughtful strategies and intentionality. It's been, been wonderful. Thank you so much. Lauren, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, pleasure's all mine. Uh, just a reminder, dear listeners, that today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by Fullscale.io. Also want to remind you that you can find us on Instagram at Startup Hustle Podcast or check us out on our YouTube channel. Thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you again soon. Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.